All right. All right. All right. Uh, episode five, man. Uh, uh, the football frame of mind podcast, man. We're keeping our uh, breakdown of uh, the Power Five conferences um, going. Uh, really good, really good content. Um, like I said, I'm Cam. That's Brandon. Um, we we here to to keep giving content, man. To keep giving um uh, giving you guys what you want, you know. So before we get started, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. How about yourself? Good, good. Like I told you before we going, we burning the midnight oil, man. But it's all good, man. We just want to keep keep working, man. Like, you know, keep, you know, talking about sports, man. You talk about sports all day, every day, you know? Sure, pretty much. Right. So, but like I said, we're going to keep this, um, this Power 5 conference breakdown going. And uh, we're going to talk about the ACC, man. Um that's a great conference, man. It's a wonderful, wonderful conference, man. Like once, once uh, they start adding teams from the Big East, man, to get their team together, I think, uh, I think it's, it grew a lot more, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, what's your thoughts, man, on on the ACC, man? Like before we get into the storylines of this year. Uh, I personally think it's a really nice conference. It's got a, a good variety of like smaller teams and more prominent teams. Mm. But at the same time, we're kind of in a state of dysphoria with the ACC because with uh, a lot of the conference realignment talk and teams moving around, a lot of teams are starting to express uh, being dissatisfied and maybe wanting to leave. The unfortunate thing with that is the ACC has a deal with their teams that doesn't end until the year 2036. So if one of these teams, like, say, Clemson, Florida State, Miami want to leave, they're going to have to get a big buyout. The universe is going to come out to come out a lot of money to be able to leave and be able to join the SEC or anything like that. And kind of going to what you were saying the other day, a lot of these teams are leaving for competition. I would feel like that's a small part of it, but I feel like most of it, they're trying to bank on that money that the SEC and all these other conferences are making because I don't find the money's in the ACC the way it is in the Big Ten or the SEC. Yeah, man, you bring up that uh that that TV deal not going out to thirty like twenty thirty five or whatever. Like it's it's, mm-hmm. it's that's a while, you know what I'm saying? Like you you know thirteen years. Yeah, you want to leave? Like you got to come out of pocket for that. So uh, like I said, man, it's a great conference. Like you said, um, got some really great athletes, some great players that came from that conference, man. Some great NFL players, some great broadcasters, everything has come out of that conference, man. So, um, like I said, Clemson is uh, the defending champs. Um, Mm -hmm. Lost to, I think, Tennessee in the Orange Bowl. But uh, coming into this season, man, they're they're the storyline. You know, Uh, last year I felt like was – very tumultuous in a sense. It was not the Clemson team you've been used to. Um, I think uh, I think they got some really good good players. Um, and you know, like I said, last season was uh, different. You know, as terms of uh, what we've been used to. And um, you know, DJ uh, is gone now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Oregon State. So Kay Klebnik is the guy. Uh, I really, I really like him, man. He fits what they want to do, man. He's a dual threat guy 
with an arm. Like I said, he has a really smooth game as well. You know what I'm saying? He knows, feels like he knows what he's doing. You know, one of those young quarterbacks that's played in that system that, you know, in high school and, and you know, just immersed itself in, you know, decision-making in this, uh, you know, uh, run-pass option kind of game. But mm-hmm. one thing that is very interesting about Clemson is how they picked up uh, uh, their offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, from uh, TCU last year. I'd say that's mm-hmm. like a really, really big pickup for them. And that kind of makes them the favorite in this conference if you if you really want to get into uh, everything. Uh, I think I think they just they just hit above everybody else. Obviously, they bring in very good classes recruiting wise. So I think they're the favorites coming in. But um, as we all know, games aren't played on paper. But um, I think I think Gary Riley is going to bring a different style of offense to them. You know, and uh, that's really cool, man. So, uh, what do you think about Clemson, man? Like, how you how you feel their um, their season going to go next year? This year, I, I think Clemson's usually the favorite to come out of that division and come out of that conference every year. But uh, there's some boys in Tallahassee that would probably uh, like to say otherwise. Mike Norvell and Jordan Travis and them boys got a good team. Still yeah. got a good running back room. Jordan Travis is coming back for his senior year. Their defense can get good pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I think Clemson's the favorite, but if they get complacent or they look too soon, yeah, Florida State can take the Atlantic if they really want to. They've got the talent up and down the board, and they have a lot to prove. They've got LSU week one and a rematch from last year's game. I think they have a lot to prove this year, but I think Clemson is the favorite for sure. They've got a good roster, like you said, one of the best, co- the best coach in the conference, probably one of the better coaches in the country. Steady good recruiting classes. The quarterback room's always solid. Always got good skill positions. Yeah, I think Clemson's still going to be really good, but uh, I definitely wouldn't discount some of these other teams they have in the conference. Okay, okay, understandable, understandable. But that that kind of brings me into the next uh, storyline I've been uh, kind of following is uh, Florida State, man. Um, like I said, Jordan Travis is a very, 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 very good. Uh, Good quarterback for them, man. He fits mm-hmm. what they want to do. Um, I had questions about him um, when uh, Mackenzie Milton was there. I thought, mm-hmm. like, well, why don't you just start Mackenzie Milton, man? Um, you know, he's really good quarterback coming off a knee injury, um, really balling, you know, saying he can play. So I'm like, well, why you don't just play uh, play him? And, you know, but they stuck with Jordan Travis, and, I mean, it's been pretty good so far. So, if they don't have any concerns, I don't have any concerns. But my mm-hmm. concern for them as a team is, is this a resurgence or just a flash in the pan, how good they can really be? You know, mm-hmm. because they've been, you know, kind of teetering on, on you know, uh, mediocrity before last year, uh, really before um, Norvell took over, honestly. Uh, he I just, think. He kind of took over and made the things a lot better than where they were going. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. I think he's kind of established a culture, man. I think he's the guy that they never knew they needed. You know what I'm saying? Because they've tried different guys coming in there, you know, Willie Taggart and, and some other guys. Uh, but you you can't just, like I said, you can't just come to Florida State. Like Bobby Bowden built that program from nothing, honestly. 
And, you know, Jimbo took it, you know, took it to a place. But to be honest, he left in a mess, you know. Yeah, he left in a cluster, bro. After yeah. they won that title, everything just went to madness. Yeah, so he he although he won a championship and, and like I said, that's great, but he left it a mess when he left and went to Texas A and M. So um, mm-hmm. it's is it's good to see uh, Mike Norvell, you know, kind of rebuilding it. But to take that next step, you have to beat Florida uh, Clemson. You have to be. Yeah, that's the that's going to what's determined if you're going to be over the hump or not. Because I mean, that's the number one team in your way of winning that division. Yeah. And you have to go through Clemson to get to the title game. If you can't beat Clemson, you're not going to make it to the title game. Yeah. So I think I think they really need to uh, to get past them to really kind of do it. But you know what? I wouldn't even like call it the season a wash if they lost to Clemson again. No, but, I wouldn't say. But I would look at it like how did the game go? Are we getting closer? Are we getting, you know, fighting? You know, like you mentioned in other other uh other video, you said uh when we were speaking on Nick Saban, like, you know what I'm saying? It's not about always beating them, but are you close? You know what I'm saying? And I think uh, Florida State, if they can show that they're close, you know, this next wave of recruiting, you know, is going to go their way because you can really pitch like, hey, we're not really there, but, you know, we're coming, you know what I'm saying? And we we know we're, we know we got what's what's there. So I want to know if this is for real or or not, you know what I'm saying? So um, their rival in that, com- in that conference is uh, Miami. That's not even a – a question. Uh Mario Cristobal, great recruiter, uh had some great success. Uh at FIU actually. They fired him too soon, you know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm saying, means to an end and he really um you know, took that analyst role at Bama and parlayed that into a a, a nice head coaching job, man, and mm-hmm. had a nice head coaching career. So I personally didn't think he was going to Miami, to be honest with you. I thought he was going to stay at Oregon because, you know, he had everything going. I mean, it was perfect. I mean, he was winning, recruiting battles that he had no business winning. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, everybody picked him to come to an SEC school, but he won. Miami's got the brand, though, man. If you can go in Miami and win and turn that around, I mean, you have the brand. I mean, it's just teams, like how Notre Dame had it for the longest. They have the brand. The U is its own thing. If you can turn that into something, you got recruits for days. And and I was I was I wasn't shocked that he took it. Uh, I just I was shocked that they wanted to go in the direction of another former uh, player mm-hmm. you know, because they've had a couple players come there and it not really work out. But um, like I said, uh, I think I forgot his name. I don't know. I don't know the the black coach's name uh, that coached there. But it was rough for him, you know, because he has to deal with some sanctions uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying. And uh, Mark Rick actually played there as well. But he was a good coach, man. People yeah. sleep on Mark Rick, bro. Very yeah. very good coach. And I think he laid the foundation for what. For what they doing right now, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, he kind of just straightened things out a little bit. Uh, I know his health kind of 
took a turn for the worst, which is why he kind of left. But um, I think Mario's the guy, man. I think last season was was rough, obviously. But I think it was more about him getting his own players in there first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying sometimes that's all it takes, man. Yeah, I don't think he has the guys he wants up front on the offense and defensive line because that's what he played, that's what he coaches, that's his bread and butter. So I don't mm-hmm. think he had the uh, the offensive line that he wanted, and I don't think you know the offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis that he had. I don't think that's the system he really wanted to run. So I think this year he's going to have a an influx of young players. I, I I assume that half of the starters might be underclassmen because I don't think I don't think he I don't think he's going to really care about where you are as far as a junior or senior or whatever. I think he's going to start the best players this year because I that's think how it should be though. I mean, he's trying to make an impact, and I mean, you want to get things turning in the right direction if that's what you have to do, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a lot of freshmen uh, underclassmen starting, man, because they, they want to turn a corner. And the only way to do that is to get your your, your youngsters going uh, faster. You know what I'm saying? And I think I think the best way to learn as a young player is playing, man. I don't think experience is everything. Yeah, I don't think you learn much sitting, holding a clipboard, being the sign guy. I don't, I don't think you learn much doing that. And it kind of stunts your growth. So I think uh, I think he's gonna have a lot of people doing that. So and my last my last storyline um, is Syracuse, man. Um, Syracuse had a good run last year, man. They won like six games in a row. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. fell down, you know what I'm saying? After that, but um, had some great games, man. They had at least two of the best games last year. Uh, I think they had a late second win against Louisville or something. Guy made a nice pass. Uh, and then they almost took down Clemson, man. They had to bench uh, DJU for K Klubnik to win. You know what I'm saying? But um, they've always been a, a thorn in Clemson's side, man, for some reason. Syracuse is one of those sleeper teams, kind of like how Arkansas has LSU. Like, it's kind of one of those situations. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So my thing, my question, you know, in the storyline for them is, are they going to be the dark horse, you know, to do that or to win the conference or just the dark fly that always bothers you, you know? So what you Mm -hmm. think? I think Syracuse has got talent. I mean, their quarterback is good. They started six and oh last year. So obviously they can get a streak going. But man, like they're out of those two divisions, they're in the harder division. They're in the Atlantic. That that team, that division's loaded. You still have Clemson there. You still got Florida State there. I don't know who Louisville is now that they don't have Malik Cunningham. So we got to figure out where they're at. Uh, NC State's still there without Devin Leary. Wake Forest is still there. I think, I if my honest opinion, I think they're probably gonna be somewhere in the same wins. Maybe like. Eight, nine, best. I don't see them getting on. I, I, I think eight's a really good guess, but I could definitely see them upsetting one or two of the more prominent teams in the division. I don't see them coming out of the Atlantic, but I see them being like how you said a thorn in the ass of whoever. I think they fight hard, they play hard, but they gotta, you gotta learn how to finish. 
You can't start out 6-0 and and just let the drop ball fall. That's going to come down to coaching. If we can get guys in positions, can we not let these games go start? Because, I mean, 7-6, and six, you're barely ball eligible. Yeah. So, I mean, you get to, if they can if they can get a game or two improve this year, I, I would definitely be happy to see that. And I think they're definitely more than capable of doing that. Yeah, actually, I I, I agree with you, man. I I think uh, I think they are they are dark horse, man. Dark fly. I'm I think I'm thinking more dark fly than dark horse because they're they're annoying for a lot of those top teams, man. Especially when they have to go on the road and play in Syracuse, New York. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was stationed up there, so if you have to, if you have to, um, <laughs> if you have to uh, go up there in the winter time, it's not really fun, man. It's not a place you want to go. Not, not. They're still for, playing indoors, huh? I mean, they still play indoors, but you gotta go outside. The environment, though. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta go outside yeah. to get in the stadium. You know what I'm saying? Nobody yeah. wants to do that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, <laughs> yeah, they got right. some things. They got some things in uh in in, in Syracuse that are working. But I like Dino Babers, the coach. I like him a lot, actually. I love his um his uh, air raid kind of offense, man. He's not afraid to swing, sling it around, man. Uh, and Garrett Schrader is really good. I forgot. I think he was in the SEC at one time, and Mississippi State, I believe. Um, and he's good, man. So he's good up there. So I think they'll be good, man. So you know who uh, a team they should really watch out for, though? Duke. Duke went nine and four last year. Their quarterback was the fifth rated pass on the conference. Hey, that's funny. That's funny you you uh you mentioned Duke because uh as we go into this next segment, uh a returning player uh that I want to really pay attention to is actually Al Blaze Jr. Uh he's a transfer from Duke, uh not from Duke, from uh Miami. Uh he's from that uh, famous Blades family. Uh, that have been a, a part of Miami for a very long time. I mean, you go back, Beanie Blaze was, you know, a part of the 80s uh, teams that started building Miami up, and they just kind of go from there. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, he was – he obviously had some uh, difficulties uh, with injuries the year before last, so uh, it's good to see him get a fresh start. And I think he's going to be important for uh, for that team. Uh, on defense, I think uh, he can help his draft stock tremendously. Having a great year, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Duke mm-hmm. said winning nine games is is awesome, awesome man. So, uh, like I said, their confidence their their confidence has to be high going into the season. You know, like definitely. Hey, uh, I don't know if they are they in the coastal or the. Uh, they're in the coastal. Like okay. they're like let's just list off some teams. So, like in the coastal division, they've got NC. Mm-hmm. They've got no, not NC State. They've got a. Who am I thinking of? No, oh, they got North Carolina. They got to play. That's the one tough with Drake May and them boys. They got North Carolina. They've got Pitt, uh, Georgia Tech, Miami, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. So it's a lot more wide open than what the Atlantic would be. But we just got to see if they can reproduce what they did last year. Nine wins is a really good year coming from the coach. Uh, I think they have a chance to make some noise. I don't know if they're going to win nine, but I think they'll still be somewhere in the same ballpark. I mean, they got a good quarterback. The coach seems like he's got that work together. So, yeah, yeah, okay, um, yeah, some, it's some definitely some wins in there. Um, you, I think you struggle with UNC. Oh, dude, 
that because that's, that's a team we need to talk about. But like I said, that's that's my next player to watch, man. I think he's the watch guy. I think if you're talking top picks in the draft, it's gonna be Drake Caleb May. Williams from USC and Drake May is right there. Uh, if it's a team that needs a quarterback coming up in the draft, you're gonna get one of those guys. I mean, he's a pure passer, man. He's got it all. He's not slow. He ain't a statue. He can move. He's got a great cannon. So, I mean, man, he's just going to get better with every throw, you know, growing into his body. So, um, like I said, man, he's he's a gamer, man. I, I say it in almost all our episodes, man. You can't teach games sometimes, man. Like, game is game. Sometimes you – that and There's some of those intangibles that not everybody has. I mean, honestly, like, I, I might not be the biggest fan of Caleb Williams. He'll probably go number one overall. But don't be surprised that somebody would take a chance on Drake May before Caleb Williams. I'm just saying, because that dude can play, dude. Man, you know. That dude can know, sling it, bro. Like I said, I know we're off topic and we'll probably get into, like, draft uh, draft picks in another episode. But just for the sake of uh, conversation, like, Caleb Williams just, like, I don't, I don't know how big his hands are, but I would really like to see that measurement because he throws the ball with like effortless kind of like when you're watching it it looks effortless and he just lets it go you know what i'm saying like he doesn't have to really be set at times but he can sling it and he can sling it hard he can sling it everywhere you know what i'm saying so i just i would love to see you know what i'm saying that battle you know, if it came down to it, because uh, I would like to see that because I think he's a hell of a player. I think he's got some character issues that we're not probably going to get into. But I think the talent is there just like Drake May. I think either one of them can go top one, top two, top three. Easy. Yeah, most definitely, man. I, like, like I said, man, there's a lot of uh, teams that are going to need quarterbacks next year as we get into uh, the NFL um, in some later episodes. Uh there's some teams that's going to need some quarterbacks, man, and they got some questions. And I wouldn't be surprised, man, if their seasons start to go haywire, that they start to tank a little bit just to get some draft picks, man. And I think um, I think Drake May is going to be one of those guys, man. So just look out for him, man. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, what's a, any other players that you're looking at, my man? Uh, I'll stay on the top of the quarter, quarterbacks. You go Tyler Van Dyke with Miami. Okay, okay. You know what? You know what? He's an interesting player, man. He's interesting, man. Uh, he, uh, like I said, had a down year last year, but I don't think that he had a better year his year before that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think it was just him though. I, I think the system was just kind of uncomfortable for him. He just felt felt like he was trying too hard to make it work, but mm-hmm. instead of being just kind of smooth with it. Yeah. So it uh, was ACC Rookie of the Year though. His freshman year, so I mean, obviously there's something there. Yeah, he can get, yeah, he yeah. Can get it done if he's comfortable and they can get it done. I mean, yeah, he um, like I said, he um took over for De'Aaron King, didn't he? When De'Aaron King went out with an injury. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so you know he he did some good things. So and I think Mario Crystal Ball is gonna stick with him. So you know he he sees something because if he didn't, mm-hmm. he'll probably replace him. But uh, but yeah, man. 
Like I said, I agree. I think uh, I think Van Dyke's a, definitely a player to watch because I don't think they go without him. I don't think they win. No, he he's he's a shoe in. Like I think he's got a lot to prove this year. Like how Will Rogers has a lot to prove this year. I think he's got a lot to prove for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I don't think I think the ceiling for them is probably for for Miami is um, probably. Eight wins. I say that's the most I've. You're about in the same ballpark as me. I would have said that most nine, but most likely like eight, just to be conservative. Yeah, I say I'd say um, I definitely say uh, eight, eight, nine. Maybe that's the ceiling I'll be willing to go through. Anything else like that is that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, but but if they got to that point, hey, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised either. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, but I think if I'm saying a floor that would be acceptable would probably be seven or six because they, they didn't, yeah, just they, enough they didn't win boiled. very many. They didn't win very many. They won five games, games last year. They weren't bowl eligible last year. Yeah, so I'd say I'd say the lowest I would be I would give them as acceptable would probably be bowl eligible. Like I would mm-hmm. think. You would have Six. to go to a bowl game, and that would feel like a win for this season. You know what I'm saying? Rather than not going again. I think their expectations are a lot higher, but I think realistically, you're probably looking at six, seven, eight best case scenario. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Still a good team, though. Well, know, man. Uh, so, like I said, we got into uh, storylines, some teams to watch. Uh, before we get into our famous segment, uh, let's uh let's predict this uh this championship game, man. Who you got coming out the coastal, and who you got coming out the uh, Atlantic? Well, I think I've been kind of uh rolling dice and kind of going with probably unpopular picks, but uh I'm gonna take Florida State out of the Atlantic. Oh wow! Okay. Over Clemson. Okay. I think for the first time in God knows how long, I think I think Florida State's gonna be in the ACC title game. Okay. And I think they're gonna play. Uh, I think North Carolina's gonna come out the coastal. Okay. Okay. And I'm gonna take North Carolina to win the ACC. Got a follow up to that. So if they're in the ACC title game, do you think they're a playoff team? Who? Uh, Florida State. Man, I guess it really depends because I got North Carolina gonna meet them in the ACC championship. I think it's gonna come down to where the rankings are because. I think the polls are going to be really high on both of those teams, including Clemson, too. Uh, man, if I had to guess, I would say Florida State would probably be a, a playoff team. But it's kind of 50-50 with me because I'm sold on them, but I'm not. I'm still kind of iffy. Yeah, I think it's all going to come down to that first game of the year. If they can play like they did last year against LSU – even if they lose, that's that's a that's a win. But if they come out and Brian Kelly and them boys put that whooping on them, I don't know how they're going to shake back from that. Even if it's not a conference game, I think that could really not gonna say make or break their season, but it could play a part in how they play the rest of the year for sure. Okay, understandable. I understand that for real. Um, okay, Florida State. All right, I like that. But I got North Carolina win the conference though. Oh, okay. 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 All right. So you got the so you got Florida State getting there, but UNC winning. Okay. I can I can agree with that because I can see Drake may 
you know, being the gamer he is, man. If they're close to the playoffs, man, he's gonna be balling. He's gonna have he's, he's oh, yeah. probably he's probably gonna be top five Heisman guy. If if they're he's already projected to be in that anyway, so yeah. So if he if they get there, it's probably single handedly. Uh, he's a part of that. So he's gonna be balling. So that's gonna be a big game, man. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that might be. Uh, remember the Big Ten championship uh, a couple years ago uh, when Iowa and Michigan State played in that. It was old school. It was they was hitting. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was like one of those games. Like, why are we watching? Like, what's yeah, going but, on? But it was good because they was hitting. They was playing defense. Mm-hmm. It was nasty. It was ugly. But that's one of those games that nobody would have expected those teams to be in it. And I think those are some of the best games because we go in with these expectations. Because most of the time, most people are probably going to they're going to pick Clemson coming out of that. Most people are probably going to put Clemson in North Carolina. If I had to guess, most likely. But I mean, it would be nice to see a change up, even if I'm wrong and we have, we're, if we're both wrong, and I don't care. I want, I'm just all about good football games. But I do agree with you that that would be a good example, though. Okay, yeah, I think it'll be like that, especially if if it's two teams that haven't been there in a while. I think so. But my pick for the championship game is I'm, I'm gonna keep it status quo, man. I think Clemson gets back to normal. Because, like I said, the addition of Garrett Riley as offensive coordinator just kind of put a battery pack on them, man. And uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if if it's gonna be pretty for a lot of teams, man. Like you're gonna have to beat Clemson, like really beat them, because I can really- agree with you on that. I could see, I could definitely see your point on that. And me picking Florida State ain't by much because Clemson's Clemson's obviously yeah. proven. Over a long period of time. If if Garrett Riley can turn Max Duggan into a Heisman finalist and he really wasn't and he really wasn't a top touted recruit, I just feel like with um Cade Klubnik, he's gonna do the same thing. I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome, man. He's gonna have those guys running. And gunning whatever they doing is going run that wide open off. And then they got, uh, I think, Will Shipley came back, so he's gonna Mm -hmm. have he's gonna be running over people, jumping over people as he does. It's the beast. So yeah, man. So I just think, I just think that 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 offense is just gonna be a heavy toll for everything. Like you're gonna have to play some defense, man, to beat them. And it's not many defenses built like that, you know what I'm saying? Because one thing people don't understand about Garrett Riley's offenses is that they run the ball. Like, it's not just all air raid because their mm-hmm. running back had like 1,500 yards, you know what I'm saying? Clemson's always got good backs. Yeah, so. They don't the talk about that, that. Yeah, the fact that he's inheriting like a good backfield with a quarterback that can run. It's just mm-hmm. like it works, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's what hurt them last year, uh, DJ's inability to run, you know what I'm saying? That aspect of it wasn't there for real. Now, he could run, but not to Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, K. Club. Not to the same degree. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So um, that's, that's, my, that's my pick on that side. And then, like I said, I'm high on um, – I'm high on Drake May, man. I think 
in that conference, man, uh, in that division, I mean, he, he's the top dog, man. And to beat UNC, you're going to have to beat him. And You got to outscore him, bro. Yeah, they can score you don't points. have to outscore him because he's going to score, you know what I'm saying? Just like uh, Sam Howell before him. Like, they put up points. They could pass the ball, and I, I like it. I don't know how their running back situation is. They always had some good ones. But uh, Drake May, man, I think if anybody has the the skills and the ability to beat Clemson, it, it's, it's him. him. It's him, man. Like, sometimes, like I said, you just need a gamer. And I think he's a gamer. And if they meet in the championship game, um, I, I, like I said, I think it's a toss-up to me. You know what I'm saying? Especially if if the playoffs are uh, at stake for either one, you know? Mm-hmm. I think if Clemson's out of it, I think I think it might they might beat UNC. But I think if Clemson's in it and UNC is not in it, I think oh, they, they can beat them. I think they can beat them because it's going to be a guy that's probably going to be ready for the Heisman. He needs a Heisman moment. What bigger Heisman moment than beating Clemson to win the ACC championship? Do you think he's the best player in the con? Do you think he's the best quarterback in the conference? Um, as far as pure passing, yeah. Like if we're talking athletic ability, no, nah, I think Kate Klubnik is a little bit better uh, as far as we're talking athletically. But um, as far as pure being a pure passer, which is basically what quarterback is, he's good. He he's up there. He's he's the guy. The top guy, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like I said, I think he's he's awesome, and he's he's gonna be a driving force in this conference, man. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's Player of the Year in the ACC. I wouldn't be surprised if that. I wouldn't even be surprised if Kade Klubnik is uh is Player of the Year, honestly, because like I said, you're gonna probably be on an undefeated team regarding any slip ups. Yeah, defense is usually always there to play too. They've always got talent on defense. Yeah. Too, so. yeah and a freshman, Even though they lost a few guys, but yeah, and a and a freshman to look at on Clemson is Peter Woods, man. Um he's from uh, Alabama. Uh obviously everybody thought he was going to go to Alabama and it was a slam dunk, but he threw everybody a curveball and committed to Clemson. So uh, he's going to get some playing time early. He's going to be playing, uh, from what I'm seeing and what I'm reading, he's uh, going to be playing uh, Brian Brzee's position. So we're thinking uh, defensive tackle, defensive end, kind of interchangeable. So um, he's going to be playing that. So he's going to be playing early. And that's one thing about Clemson. They play young players early, regardless of um, if you're you're, uh, uh, upperclassman or not. You're gonna play some some football, so I like that about Davo Sweeney. He he's not afraid to play those young guys. So mm-hmm. I would agree. So yeah, man, that's my thing, man. Uh, so like I said, oh, uh, I need to pick the winner of the game. Uh, like I said, uh, if I had to pick my winner right now, I go with Clemson. I think Clemson will win that game in that matchup. If I had, do to you think they're a playoff team? I think Clemson's a playoff team. Um, I don't know if I see it, man. Even if ever, even if everything falls the way you see it, I don't know, man. I could see how they could be. I think I, think, I don't know, man. That's gonna be crazy this year. Uh, I would say, yeah, they're a playoff team just off default 
because you're gonna have you're gonna have four teams in there, and if they're undefeated and ACC champion, you're gonna be then, in the yeah. boat, right? But I think as far as the team, I think they're gonna be more like uh, Florida State in that first playoff that year, like they're mm-hmm. bigger, but not better than the other three. Like so, you're gonna be. It's kind of like how Notre Dame, when they would make it to the playoff, how they would be like, they'd be in the playoff, but they're not up to par with some of the other teams that are there. Yeah, you're in there, but you're not better than the other three. And I think mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the thing. Like I said, I don't know how good they are up front. I think that's going to be another good tell if they're good or not, how they play on in the trenches. Because if they play good in the trenches, then they'll be all right. You know, they, they might be a good playoff team. But if they just kind of just beating everybody because they're better athlete than everybody else, then I don't think they're gonna beat anybody like Georgia or or Alabama or Ohio State, who are my teams in the playoff right now. I think I think those are those are the three, you know, other teams other than Clemson. Because I think the Pac-12 is out. Unless Caleb Williams goes, I don't think goes off. I don't see anybody from that. Well, but but you know, there's one other team that could be lurking. If they don't lose any games, you know, one more team that could find their way in there is Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can count them out with Bo Nix. I, I think they could surprise a lot of people. But unless they come out flat like last year again. But yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand them. And I would pick them as a dark horse too. But it's one team. Not that's lurking. Though. It's one team that's lurking all the time, and nobody really talks about them at all. You count on them losing two games every year, and that's Utah. In the yeah, I mean, dude, Utah's got the freaking talent too, dude. They got a really good QB. Yeah, I just so, the Pac-12, so we, man, and we'll you, get into the Pac-12 whenever. But man, that's that's some dysfunction, bro, between TV deals and teams wanting to leave, and yeah, it's so, it's, it's pretty crazy. So yeah, but. Like I said, we got into we we got off topic, but we it, it's it's college football, man. It's so many storylines, so many different ways of looking at things, man. And it's sure. it's, it's easy. Like I said, you could talk all day about college football, man. But like I said, we're gonna get into this uh this favorite segment, our best segment segment that we love, and it's very very fun to do. And uh, our top five segments that we try to end every show with. Uh, and our top five segment uh, today is the top five defensive backs in ACC history. Uh, definitely a tough list. I mean, so many guys. And then there are so many uh, guys that are on Miami's team that didn't get a chance to play a lot of games in the ACC. They were like right before. Right before. So they either Literally. got one year in the ACC or none. And but – they, you know, hey, they're a part of the ACC now. So, you know, a lot of guys you can still count, man. But like I said, we're going to keep it fair. We're going to keep it like guys that legitimately played in the SCC, ACC, I mean. So, uh, like I said, I love when you start, bro, because you always have some surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like keeping things interesting. So, uh, number five, I got Brandon Flowers from Virginia Tech. Mm, okay. All really right. good tackler, really good in pass coverage. Nicely breaking up the ball. Maybe not the flashiest. Not gonna get you a bunch of interceptions, but he's not gonna have a bunch of big plays get past him. If he's if the guy's in front of him, he's gonna make the tackle. He's a good playmaker. I got him at number five. 
Okay. Uh, number four, I got Anthony Poindexter from mm. Virginia Tech as well. Okay. Dude okay. has 98 a tackles. Yeah, a couple Hokies on there. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's a three-time first-team All-ACC as well. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, yeah. Number three, I've got Andre Rowe. Although he does only have one year. I mean, his one year was really good as well. And if we're just going to throw out anything, I mean, before they were even in the ACC part of the Big East, he did start as a true freshman for that national championship team too. So, I mean, you really can't discount that. I mean, the talent was there. He was all Big East as a sophomore. And, I mean, All-American the ACC is last year. So, I mean, I think he was really good, to be yeah. honest. Good pro too. Yeah, he was good in the, he was good in the pros. I want to say for uh, Arizona. Yep, yep, and uh, New York too. When he left, yep. New York. I think he won. Did he win a Super Bowl with the Giants at one point? Uh, it might, be, they, 20, it might be 2011. 2011. Yeah. yeah, when they beat the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, the okay. second time. Yeah, fortunately, yeah, I don't, I, we don't, we don't like to talk about that. Shoot, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to talk about the first one. Honestly, that one. It, yeah, like that's kind of one like, we. If we gotta sweep one under the rug, that's gonna be one we sweep under. <laughs> yeah, I, I would sweep that first one under the rug, bro. Because you can't be undefeated and drop the drop the Super Bowl. Oh man, bro, it, it's uh, it, it, and, it's my it's and, in my nightmares, hey, bro. Hey, I know, I, I know, it sucks, but I can't, I can't, still can't believe they lost that game with Randy Moss on the team, bro. Like, really? Randy Moss and Wes Welker. Like, like, dude, I don't even care about Wes Welker. I just know you got Randy Moss, and he's still in his prime. Like, nobody beats Randy Moss. He like, led the, he led crazy. the, he led the league in freaking receiving touchdowns like, that year. He like, broke bro, the freaking record. No I was like, ain't no way they losing this game to the Giants, dog. No way. The, the defenses, the defenses would uh cost them that game, unfortunately. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but like we're gonna that's definitely get the NFL. A, that's a that's a subject for another day. We'll dive deep dive in that <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, number two, I got Alfonso Smith from Wake Forest. Okay. 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 But uh, I don't know if your number one's going to be the same. I got Dre Bly. I think Dre Bly was a really good player. Dude had 11 picks in a season, late 90s. You can't go wrong. He had 20 interceptions for a career. He was a pretty good pro, too, with Detroit and a couple other teams. But I've got him as my number one. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, man. Great list, man. Great list. Uh, like I said, I I didn't know that we couldn't combine uh, – like I combined some uh, safeties in here, too. Uh, but like I said, Antro rolls a dual threat uh, defensive back. He plays safety and corner. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I think a couple other of my guys might have did it too. So, I think, man, being able to do both, I think, just makes you even I better. I think that's better on your part anyway. It looks better on your freaking resume to me. If you can play in the nickel, you can play corner, you can do whatever. I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, number five, man, uh, I'm going to go uh, Brian Dawkins, man, Clemson. Uh, Brian mm-hmm. Hopkins, Clemson, uh, man, um, like I said, Weapon X, man. Uh, he did some some great things at Clemson, man. He's a hard hitter. Uh, Clemson surprisingly has some great defensive backs that came through that school, man. And um, one today is uh, AJ Terrell for the Falcons. Uh, he's really good. Oh, he's a freaking monster. Monster, yep. So uh, they just continue, man. Uh, like I said, Brian Dawkins. Uh, I said I don't know if he got any All Americans, but I think I think he got one. Uh, nobody game. talks about his college. Everybody remembers him with the Eagles, which I mean, for good reason. Yeah, but he had to start somewhere, and he started there. 
and he was out there hitting, man. Uh, number four on my list is uh, Jalen Ramsey, man. Uh, I don't think people understand. Yeah, I wanted to put him. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, man, he's a star, man. Like, I mean, he could he could cover uh, tight ends. He comes down there and hit you in the box. Um, he's just an all-around great corner, man. Uh, I hated how um, he ended up going getting drafted by Jacksonville. I just think that was just a bad – I just think, why would you let him slip like that if you were the other team? You you need a guy like him. I don't care. At least he was a part of a good defense. I mean, yeah, true, true, true. But like I said, I just Jacksonville. Yeah, I agree though. Jacksonville doesn't do right with anybody, so I'm not even surprised. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey, speaking on college, he's just a stud man, stud player, stud corner. He can play everywhere. He like I say, he's a hitter. That's one of my favorite things is corners. Like, I wouldn't even, like, put you on the list if you weren't, like, a good tackler. You know what I'm saying? And he definitely did his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I think um, our list is going to kind of mirror each other. But uh, Antro Rose, number three for me. Uh, obviously, uh, he's a stud player. And what kind of sold me on him was his ability to uh, his ability to play, man, just his ability to play all over the field. And I think him playing as a freshman – just show how good he was, man. He's an athlete, a hell of a good athlete. And he stuck his nose in the run game, man. And uh, like I said, man, you think the Big East was was soft for the Miami players, but he came in the ACC and, and showed that, hey, it transfers. So he's definitely good on my list. Um, Anthony Poindexter is um, um, on your list. Uh, he's definitely uh, on my list at number two. Um, from Virginia, he's gosh, he was he was good, man. Uh, like you say, all SC, all ACC three times. Uh, had ninety eight tackles one year, like as a cornerback, sophomore. Yeah, so uh, yeah, he he was definitely sticking his nose in there, making some plays. So uh, and when I think about having ninety eight tackles, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a thing you can just say, oh man, he was just doing it. I think he might have been playing safety too. Because if you're but, yeah, that's a lot of tackles for a safety, 98 tackles, you're thinking that's like a, a linebacker always yeah, being so, around around the box and everywhere else making tackles. But that's a lot for DB. Yeah, see what I'm saying? So either either his team sucked and he was always making tackles from behind or he was playing safety and they lined him up in the box and everywhere. So mm-hmm. uh, either way, um, like I said, number two on my list, man. When you win all-conference three times, man, um, that's that stands out to me, and 98 tackles at at DB is is otherworldly to me. So definitely number two, and we're gonna have the same number one. Uh, Dre Blind, man, same stat that you mentioned stood out to me. 11 interceptions, um, uh, stood out to me, man. All American as a freshman, so like and had a great career, man. Uh, parlayed that into a second round draft pick in NFL. Uh, and you know, had a good career. And for me personally, uh, he actually uh, won a Super Bowl for the St. Louis Rams and a great mm-hmm. corner for us. Um, we got a couple good players from uh, North Carolina, uh, him and Tory Holt. So, um, definitely, so, show on turf. yeah, so uh, yeah, I-, I love me some Drake Bly. And hey, he was good, man, one of the best. Like I said, some honorable mentions, um. For my list would uh, be Justin Miller. Uh, he played with, uh, I think it was Clemson. Uh, he was super fast, bro, super fast. Uh, Ty Hill, 
also a Clemson guy, um, another fast athletic dude. Uh man, he played on the Rams too, man. Wasn't as good as Drake Bly, but yeah, whatever. You know, uh, but like I said, he was a good player, man. Fast, uh, definitely. And then um, and like I said, those are those are my, my honorable mentions for sure, man. Those guys, man. So, man yeah, I think Lamarcus Jordan was really good too. Yeah, Lamarcus Jordan was nice, man. He was nice. He was close to being on my list over Brian Dawkins, man, but I can't go with Weapon X. Can't do it. I can't do Weapon X, man. That's my guy. So, uh, but yeah, Lamarcus Jordan was good, man. He was he was actually a Swiss Army knife. You know what's crazy? He played on the Rams too. <laughs> like all he do <laughs> play on the Rams, man. And we still end up leaving it going to, going to play. Like, That's kind of that, but that was kind of the trend that they were going through at that point. That before they left St. Louis, man, they get a lot of really good guys, and just something would happen. They'd always freaking leave, unfortunately. Yeah, man, I was like, bro. I'm, I'm honestly, dude, I miss them being in St. Louis. I rather them in St. Louis than L.A. To be honest, because look, man, L.A. is a um. Well, this would be our closing argument section uh, segment, but uh, like L.A. has always been a um, uh, basketball town, man, uh, and and maybe second a baseball town and then third a hockey town and then fourth a football town and i think it might be yeah. fifth. it might be fifth if you consider people love soccer too so um yeah. they might be fighting for fifth fourth and fifth every year in that city so it's just it, it's the reason why he left in the first place so if you thought it was going to change it's, it's really not because they're really not the main focal point what should have happened was the Rams should have stayed in St. Louis if you was going to have a team that ended up moving anyway. I like the Raiders in Oakland, but if the Raiders were going to move, they should have just went to L.A. like they were when they had Bo Jackson and them boys. They should have went back to L.A. That would have worked. Yeah, it would have worked. The Rams in L.A., it, it just it, it just felt like a money pool to me. Even I mean, even the Chargers. Like, the Chargers could have stayed in San Diego, man. I mean, it was different. Yeah, like, but, I, I, mean, like I said, I don't understand that move for them. Like, I understand the move to L.A. because Stan Kroenke had, like, a billion dollars to spend. And he, yeah. and he had an investor give a billion dollars. So the other owners didn't have to really put no money up. So it made sense to pick them as the team to move, right? So, mm -hmm. but the Chargers moving just didn't make any sense at all, man. That's I thought they had a really good setup, man. That's what I'm saying. You all you had to do was literally just build a stadium for them. That's it. They didn't want. I don't think they wanted to do that. I think they just said, "Screw it. We just want to move them and give them something else." Like that was dumb. Like, and they and to this day, they still, don't have no they still don't have a stadium. They're like they're renting the Ram Stadium. Yeah, they're pretty much doing like how the uh, the Giants and the Jets with the Meadowlands, correct? They're doing pretty much like yep, the same. Yep, yep, two tenants. Yeah. See, there's no individuality, man. Like, teams should have their own space. Like, I thought the Chargers, like, San Diego's a really good spot for them. Like, mm -hmm. I think LA should have only had one team. Like, California's already got a, a buttload of teams. Why can't they all just be in different spots? Yep. You know, San Francisco, cool. They got the 49ers. LA, I mean, now they got freaking two teams. I mean, like, and, I don't know. And to be honest with you, everybody's moving out. You know what I'm saying? If you're looking at all the different sports, right? Uh, the Warriors left Oakland. They're in San Francisco now. Uh, the 49ers 
aren't in San Francisco. They're in Santa Clara now. Yeah, they're not uh, candlestick no more. Yeah. LA uh is actually not in LA, it's in Inglewood. You know what I'm saying? So it's weird. You know what I'm saying? So you're not even in the thing. The uh, Los Angeles Angels in baseball are actually even, even they're not even in LA. They're in Anaheim. So like how does that even work? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm I think saying? it's all like, just about the names. That don't make right, sense. Like me. you're not even you're not even in the city that you're in. So how are you gonna even attract fans? <laughs> Why are you advertising that? Like you'll never be big as the Dodgers in baseball. Like the Rams will never be as good as the Lakers in basketball. Like nobody, you know what I'm saying? So then you got the LA Clippers. Like, what is that? You know what I'm saying? Like they've never, yeah, they've never really been. Like, even if you include Lob City, right? I know we're off topic. It's never you. I mean, you, you gotta look at the team brand, yeah. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you will never be able to compete with the Lakers. Like, even if you win one championship, you have 16 more to go. It doesn't matter, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you know, uh, like I said, yeah, that, that's one thing about the NFL that I definitely don't uh, care for is a lot of that moving around. And I mean, obviously, we're gonna be taking a break from college football. We're gonna get into some NFL content, breaking down divisions, conferences, stuff like that. So you guys won't have to get bored with, oh, here we go another conference. Oh, here we go another conference. No, we're gonna break things up and keep things interesting for you guys. But yeah, that's yeah. definitely something that I didn't understand. Yeah, most definitely, man. We're going to keep uh, everything uh, fresh and new, man. Like I said, we just want to get into um, get into this preseason, man. Uh, this is what we're in in college football. Just kind of see things that we want to, you know, look forward to in college football. And then we'll break down some NFL stuff, man. NFL, like I said, it's a football frame of mind, man. That's what we talk about. That's what we're doing. I know we get off topic sometimes, but there are parallels in sports. You can – kind of draw parallels to any sport and connect it with another one because mm, is, without getting completely off topic. Yeah. Yeah. Sports is, you know, sports is everything, man. It's, it's universal. You can put it everywhere. So, so yeah, man. But like I said, this is episode five, man. It's a great episode, man. We had some good fun. Uh, like mm-hmm. I said, man, everybody knows uh, if you've been watching this show so far, um, we're SEC guys, but giving some love to these other conferences, uh, it's really fun because you start to kind of learn, you know, kind of their pageantry a little bit and the things that they do. You know what I'm saying? The the uh, Clemson running down the hill and, you know, like I said, Miami doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? So you get to follow this, this the, the journey, man, and just how things work. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. like I said, episode five, really fun. Uh, anything you got to say before we go, bro? Man, uh, we would just really appreciate if you guys would like the video. Comment, subscribe, and just uh, check the videos out. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. If there's something you want us to talk about, just let us know. And we'll make sure we get it put in there for you guys. But uh, we're having a really good time. We're going to keep putting out content for you guys. Just uh, join us for the ride. All right. Definitely. Definitely. Couldn't say it better myself, bro. But like I said, I'm Cam. This is Brandon. We're signing off. Signing off. All right. Later, y'all. Yes, sir.